0: Welcome to a podcast on fire on royal warriors. Michel Yeo must deal with and battle ex soldiers turned vicious criminals whilst also joining forces with a Japanese cop who wants out of the game and Michael Wong as Michael Wong who either really likes buying flowers or desperately wants to get into the trousers of Michelle's character. That's also called Michelle. It's all containing David Chung's Royal Warriors from 1986 and it's the chosen movie for episode 2 of our Michael Wong coverage. We'll review 9 movies uh, throughout uh, the long career in uh, total and officially determine whether he's Wong or wrong. A prior episode we introduced the man to you by talking his um, career and also talked to his co-star Brandon Lee in Legacy of Rage and of course the movie in question. And we stay in 1986, as I said. Uh, this is uh, uh, two of the early uh, sort of uh, MW joints. Uh, so uh, we're going to break it down. Uh, at any rate, uh, my name is Kenby, and with me is still, and it's going to be throughout the series, uh, Phil G of EasternFilmFans.co.uk. Say hello.
1: Oh, hey, it's nice to be back. Like a bit of Wangal uh, Wong. It might turn out to be my favourite one of the lot, but you know, it's going to have to go some to beat. Um team Tam, but you know it's good to be back thanks for having me back again and uh thanks for putting up with my dulcet tone folks yes
0: well thanks for putting up with my ideas for different series on actors <laughs> like you haven't said no yet so i'm just gonna keep going i know yeah <laughs> let's pick an actor that has 400 credits to his to his name like uh, uh, let's pick seck keen from end of a dragon and <laughs> like, are you kidding me like it's 500
1: holy holy Let's water it down just to nine movies and see if he's, Well, I can't even come up with a tagline for that one. But yeah, I don't mean. Really-
0: so uh, we were initially going to talk both uh, Legacy of Rage and Royal Warriors in one episode. But uh, we, we had so much good content about Michael and the Legacy of Rage uh, DVD provided information that we uh, uh, summarized and shared. So uh, I, I thought it was going to run a little bit long. So we're doing Royal Warriors uh, for this episode. And uh, then we're going to continue with the format of... Two movies per episode, and then end it all with three movies in one mega bumper pack. Yeah, so, um, and as we normally do. So let's uh, get into it. Uh, and all of that uh, this is the the, not the well it could be the podcast on fire it is podcast on fire on the podcast on fire network we are located on podcastonfire.com. this is the main show the original show that covers hong kong cinema new and old Uh, we also do bonus episodes every now and again uh, sometimes connected to this actors series if you will we've done bonus episodes uh, involving alan tam and George Lamb, as well as uh, a big old uh, bonus episode on Ikin Cheng, too. So uh, we we extend the coverage by sort of giving back to you. If you've listened this far, there's some optional stuff for you, and uh, we don't mind doing that uh, work uh, either, so uh, it was all good, and uh, I always have to commend Phil for being on on board with that as well, and bringing uh, bringing the goods to even the bonus discussions. He's not... um, I, I don't need to cut out size during the episode, is it done yet, Ken? I don't, I don't even need to cut out that stuff because it's always filled.
1: Phil, Phil. Oh, bless you. You're too kind. You're too kind. Um, more, more. I want
0: more. Big milk, even more. It helps. The drugs help to endure your shit, Ken. Clearly.
1: <laughs> I'm going to have to send you some more if I'm going to get compliments like that. Excellent.
0: (laughs) Uh, You can get uh, all kinds of shows on the the podcast on Fire Network, including ones on Japanese cinema, on Korean cinema, on sleazy cinema. And as I said, there's a bonus episode archive as well of various stuff. Email us if you have any questions or feedback and let us know what you thought of uh, Royal Warriors if you've seen that back in the day under a couple of different titles. Uh, I mean, let's just ask that right now. Did, did, did you see this back in the VHS days on under one of the different titles or did you uh, see this once it hit uh, like DVD uh, in in 2000s? Yeah, yeah, it
1: was VHS back in the day, way back in the day. Um, It was the Michelle yo influence, I think. But to be honest, anything that had martial arts in, I, I picked up. Even if it had a 10-second clip back in the day and stuff, I'd want to watch that movie just for the clip to see to see the fight scenes because that's what it was all about for me. I just wanted to see the martial arts on the screen. So, what,
0: what was like, uh, you know, back in the day? Uh, let's take you back into the early days of Phil uh, <laughs> yeah. wh- What was mo- most compelling? Uh, was it kung fu period kung fu, or were you on board with modern martial arts? even more for
1: me it was modern martial arts i never i never appreciated probably the shaw brothers um stuff as much as you know people do um i've always said that i've been open and honest about it it didn't it didn't grip me that didn't grip me it was kind of the bruce lee kind of turned me to that kind of all of a sudden it wasn't that kind of movie it was this hardcore modern action that had not seen before and that turned me on to the movies really you know, it was kind of Bruce Lee, big boss. I've kind of said that and stuff. Always wanted to be Fist of Fury, but he was big boss. And then it was like, okay. And then Jackie Chan come along, and then you know Yim Buu and Sammo Hong. And I always say, kind of, you know, Ethan Kandel was the one that kind of turned me into. Oh my God, look his martial arts, his action in a war movie rather than a kung fu movie as such, and that all of a sudden turned me to another genre and it opened up a whole world and then it was like everything i could get my hands on just to see you know martial arts in any kind of film as such so it was like i say michelle you was obviously a byproduct of that and um you know as we'll discuss looks great on the screen but you know this was one i saw back in the day on some kind of dodgy vhs copy you no know, doubt
0: if we flip it like samuel Hung's period martial arts movies uh w- were you like 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 when you approach those uh, were you like oh i'm into this now or were those a hard sell for you too
1: i wasn't into those at the time like now i have i appreciate them for them and go back but at the time way back you know kind of 1980s yes i'm showing my age now that was kind of the the period when i discovered
0: phil, phil g you're old Yeah.
1: yes i know i i I don't think i am but i know i'm getting old so i can say it now and it's like nostalgia like you know yeah um it's one of those but yeah so no i didn't i didn't appreciate i have an appreciation for them now as i grew into the the, the films, etc., but I went back, so it was great for me because actually I went back into like kind of Sammo Hong's kind of catalogue to look at those and appreciate them later rather than at the time, so to speak. So I, it opened up a whole new world, um, opened up my eyes as well um, to that. But it was the modern day action setting that I loved and got me hooked. Um, so something like this was, you know, very much, you know, I was, you know, excited to see films like this. Um, of that genre at the time because you know that's that's what I was into. So. Yeah,
0: I, I mean, I can I, I can relate uh, because I started out watching whatever heroic bloodshed movie I could get my hands on, which wasn't a lot uh, in the '90s. Based on obviously, I was uh, a teenager back then, so a limited budget and t- tapes weren't yeah, yeah. cheap to import, and necessarily the made in Hong Kong tapes and so forth. But I watching those trailers for the kung fu movies, like the Shaw Brothers movies, I never thought I would get into those because it looked mm. too it, it didn't look like it would appeal to me even though i liked watching those trailers that preceded the movie and even uh, were after the movies uh, uh, after a feature presentation that's what staying a fan is like i suppose and there uh, you your mind changes perception of uh, of things and you gain a curiosity eventually possibly and that's okay you don't need to Take it all in at once, and then decide in one go when you're 15 years old. Like this is unacceptable forever and ever. Like you, you can uh, you can approach it later in life, and being restored and all of that, and kept in home video circulation means that um, it isn't too late to get into you know even summer home classics or even Michelle Yeoh classics or whatever Shaw Brothers movies we're talking about. So, and I mean now UK is such a stronghold for catalog vintage hong kong titles whether from 88 films or eureka you know uh, they did the uh uh, free movies from summer hong pack with eastern condos magnificent butcher iron fisted monk so i mean imagine if you still were like on the fence in terms of well i'm not sure about sam hong and the period martial arts stuff now you have brand new spanking restorations that really show off the movies and you can maybe make your first determination whether it's for you or not you know
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, even going back, I mean, obviously, there was Jackie Chan's earlier stuff that obviously I visited because I was into what I'd seen. It kind of police story got me with, with Jackie Chan and then I went revisited. But none of those really hooked me for that kind of genre because obviously, well... Drunken Master and those were great and stuff, but obviously prior spiritual kung fu there was things like that and stuff. I
0: to... don't, you dare shit talk spiritual kung fu, my friend. Like, I, I'm not actually. The ghosts not, in and... the tutus. That's my shit. One of, the,
1: <laughs> one of the one of the one of the few Jackie Chan films I'd never seen was Spiritual Kung Fu with Jackie Chan, and I won it as part of a competition for uh, <laughs> Far East Films, which I later um, reviewed for the film mails. Bless. And I won it, and I was ever so grateful because I'd not seen the movie and stuff, and I've got a soft spot for that movie, Ken. I have to say, I've got a, a very much a soft spot. Good boy. But it wasn't the one; those weren't the ones that would that turned me onto that genre. The one that turned me onto that genre
0: was Mad Monkey Kung Fu. It's too long, but uh, pretty good.
1: Now, Carl Young, something, something, somewhere generated a spark. That film ignited. Another one of those benchmark films for me that ignited something that all of a sudden I wanted to see everything. And then I had an appreciation for those films e- even more. And I can't say why why that kicked it because I'd seen others from kind of that genre and around that um, time. But it was just that one. Um, I mean, obviously, what a great film as well. But, yeah, so that's kind of my journey on and off through the period. And you're right, you start with something, Heroic Bloodshed, I got into that. and would watch everything, anything I could find, you know, how many Andy films films, Heroic Bloodshed films, can we see him in and he, and he dies? It was great. Well, it was um, it was that genre, you would, but then you get turned on to other genres because you see a film and all of a sudden you get an appreciation for and excitement for. So all of a sudden it opens up and then Korean cinema came along and there was that. So, Yeah, it's not like a field of cinema that, you know, from an Eastern film fan, hence why the title, because there's a whole raft of titles out there, uh, genres out there, you know, Japanese, Korean, you know, Taiwanese, Philippine, uh, all these different um, countries, all these different films, and they'll ignite a spark in you, and you might be just centralised on that particular film or that particular genre and stuff, but, you know, something there will ignite, oh, actually, there's a whole... You know, the Oscars, you know, let's talk about it. Parasite comes up and it wins. I watched it. It was exciting. I screamed. I woke my kids and um, (laughs) my my wife up. It's a historic event. And, you know, and all of a sudden it's going to open up.
0: Shut up, Dad. You're a parasite. (laughs) Yeah,
1: I'm bored of it. But it's true. It is. And it's, again, with this, there's a film out there for everybody that will just ignite a passion. And um, it was one of those. Now, coming back to where we started from, I wouldn't say this was one of those films, but this was one of the films that I I watched because it was on the radar at the time.
0: Yeah, I picked up one of the earlier Hong Kong DVDs, one of the pre-being remastered and all of that. I didn't keep that because I tended probably to upgrade at one point and um, I I never did until uh, this uh, viewing got a nice... um, uh, nice uh, looking DVD and all of that, uh, which we'll, we'll get to. Uh, for, for the rest of the contact information uh, and uh, all the social media links, uh, click the buttons at the top of our website uh, and there will be links to my website, sogoodreviews.com where I review a variety of Hong Kong and Taiwanese uh, uh, genre movies as I, uh, I, I pick my own s- sort of a path and uh, I've got to say this uh, as a sort of cap to our discussion. The, the, the cinematic exploration is always your own so there should never be any like oh my god i haven't watched drunken master oh my god i haven't watched iron fisted <laughs> monk like there, there should never be any nonsense like that revolving uh, in your head uh, whether you're young or old so uh, just uh, go uh, in whatever direction you like yeah, so it's okay to skip stuff ah oh, Master ken you're a very wise man so early in the morning, I'm um, oh, sp- no, uh, yes, spouting
1: yes, okay. philosophy here.
0: <laughs> yeah. oh, At any rate, uh, and uh, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, uh, leave a review on iTunes and stream us on Stitcher Radio and Spotify. Philly, you have a website uh, to be plugged, so please do.
1: Yes, www.easternfilmfans.co.uk. Also available on Facebook, Twitter and uh, Instagram.
0: Because
1: mm-hmm. I'm social like uh.
0: And even on TikTok, whatever TikTok is.
1: No, no, my kids are on TikTok. I haven't ventured into TikTok. There's some some things are just it's a bridge too far.
0: T- T- Tom asked us if we were on TikTok, and I didn't know uh, when I recorded like a week ago. Then I looked it up, and it's about singing. So we can't really be on that. I think I think it's about singing anyway. Cool. Um but I don't want to We have a podcast. La 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 We have a podcast. Wong
1: wong wang wong.
0: I'm forty years old, I shouldn't be on TikTok. That's the <laughs> sort of determination I made.
1: <laughs> if you shouldn't, then I've got no chance,
0: dude. Well you're 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 more uh, you're more savvy. Uh, you have kids <laughs> to educate and inspire well, you, so, true, I and yeah. uh, you can do what you like too. Yeah, thanks. I can Thank be you. on TikTok, so screw you. Yeah, exactly. Screw you, I can be on TikTok. I might go on TikTok now. Right, Michael Wong is my favorite. They like like do Airways of Love on TikTok.
1: <gasps> oh, I tell you
0: what. Don't give me ideas.
1: It's gonna happen now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh god, yeah.
1: What just what the world needs. Yeah.
0: It it, it is what the world needs. It, it is what uh feeds and fuels um uh, peace and harmony around the world. Uh, Ma- Michael Wong's Airways of Love. <laughs> But anyway, a little rundown of what's coming up in this episode in all simplicity. We first do some minor notes on the supposed series Royal Warriors is connected to. And spoiler, it isn't a series, but kind of is at the same time. It's a series later on but uh, it's it's very confusing it's uh, it's standalone and and uh, it's not a to be continued at the end of it or anything like that so royal warriors is uh, its own thing Uh, we'll talk a little bit about uh, the action able uh, co-star from japan hiroyuki sanada aka henry sanada and then we conclude uh, the show by reviewing uh, royal warriors and it's from 1986, a plot from Hong Kong Movie Database. Michelle is a spunky cop who befriends Michael Wong, who plays a security officer. And those other character names, by the way, Michelle and Michael Wong. And they also befriend Mr. Yamamoto, played by Henry Sonata, a Japanese cop on the verge of retiring from the force. In a spectacular scene aboard a plane, they all do away with a hijacker, gaining some recognition in the media and fame. But they later find out that the hijacker has two loyal uh, but psycho friends. Uh, ex-soldiers, uh, one of them being played by uh, Lam Y, who will do anything to gain revenge for their veteran buddy. Very simple and very action flavored. And uh, it, w- it was made as Royal Warriors, uh, but also known as, but it was also known as In the Line of Duty. But that was more of a retroactive alternate title, I think, and not the start of a connected series. Uh, I mean, Hong Kong themselves feel didn't start putting In the Line of Duty as the original title until part three. Uh, Which was when uh, Michelle Yeoh was not part of the series anymore, and now it was Cynthia Khan's series. And the second In the Line of Duty movie would have been Yes, Madam, if I understood things correctly, but that was made the year before Royal Warriors, so... That
1: just makes sense, complete sense. Yes, absolutely.
0: And uh, then you have In the Line of Duty uh, 4, again with Michael Wong, he was back, and In the Line of Duty 5, Middleman, In the Line of Duty 6... I think it was Seawolves, but uh, I, that's where I lose track a little bit. It's either in the line of Duty 6 could be Forbidden Arsenal, too, uh, because that's another Cynthia Khan movie, so uh, that's why these things are confusing. But uh, I did watch Middleman, the, the supposed fifth movie, and it wasn't uh, too bad, actually. I quite uh, liked it. She's still uh, very appealing in the role, uh, Cynthia Khan, and there's some sword fights uh, in it, uh, too in the modern action setting. So that's pretty cool. Uh, but at, at any rate, um, uh, Yes Madam, by the way, starred Michelle Yeoh and Cynthia Rothrock and most importantly, co-starred Choi Hak, because uh, Choi Hak, as um, as an actor and mostly a goofball is one of my happy places, Phil.
1: One of my happy places. <laughs> 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 Choi
0: Hak is wonderful. Don't you remember I Love Maria?
1: Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, yeah. I know where you're coming from. I was scaring my... Um, collection because I've got all in the line of duties. When you said which one to see, well, forbidden arsenal, I've got them. I can see it, it's up there somewhere. I'm going to find it by the end of this episode. It's going to bug me.
0: You carry on. You you, you have one of those uh, DVD libraries that requires uh, one of those um, ladders on wheels, like they're having po- posh libraries. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm Sorry, I'm sorry. It's going to be one of them episodes. I apologize. Um, Just of it, when I moved house, before, I had all of them lined up in, a, in an order that I, I understood. It might not be an order that anybody would understand, but I knew exactly where it was. I could put my hand on anything. Since I moved, I can't, even if I put them in order, I still can't seem to find them. It's just bizarre. <laughs> Maybe it's 15 years of having them on a shelf and stuff, and then all of a sudden you move, and they don't quite go back in the same place. I'm having to try and remember where everything is. It's just
0: bizarre. Is it the same shelves, or did you buy new IKEA shelves for it?
1: Oh no! I had to buy. I had to custom make shelves. Oh, okay. um, I did in the old house. Um, I've had to do it in this one as well. So yeah, custom made shelves. So
0: well, well, all that just says that you're a fool. Uh, yeah. B- plain and Thanks. simple, and pretty stupid. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, so get it together
1: i will I'm going to get it together and
0: find so Sea getting... Wolves and Forbidden an Arsenal by, oh. by the end of the recording. I'm going to. <laughs> uh, but keeping it to Royal Warriors, it was uh, Michelle Yeoh's second action lead role after Yes Madam, and it was directed by veteran cinematographer David Chung, who also helmed um, another Michelle Yeoh vehicle, the big budget uh, shot in scope widescreen magnificent warriors. Very impressive looking movie. Mm, nice. and uh, I, he also did I Love Maria that we talked of with uh, Choi and John Shum and uh, starring uh, Sally Yeh as the robot uh, Lam Ching-Ying is in it as well very fun movie and he also lent his uh, eye his uh, uh, being a cinematographer to classics such as Shanghai Blues and Autumn's Tale I think he, he did partial shooting on an autumn's tale uh, maybe just the hong kong bits because there are two cinematographers on autumn's tale and one is uh, a westerner because they shot the most of the movie in new york so he might have just done some the, the sort of hong kong pickups in that one uh, he also uh, shot god of gamblers and was part of the big cinematography team on once upon a time in china so that, that was a busy production. Uh, Hiroyuki Sanada, A.K. Henry Sanada, made his Hong Kong action debut in Ninja in the Dragon's Den, uh, directed by Koryun, opposite Conan Lee. And uh, it's a very good movie and a good showcase. Uh, he came out of the Sonichiba Japan Action Club, where he trained from age 11 and became a protege of the legendary Street Fighter. Uh, Sanada had prior studies within uh, Shorinji kempo and kyokushin kaikan karate as well so uh, he, he was martial arts able but he's a versatile performer though he has established himself as a serious actor he also, he, he's also a singer he's released movie tie-in singles um, throughout his career maybe not for this one i don't know uh, maybe in japan only who knows uh, and he has appeared in international films such as washout Free sunshine for director danny Boyle. He was uh, the co-star uh, in the original Ring for director Hideo, Hideo Nakata. Uh, he's in The Lost Samurai with uh, Tom Cruise. And he received much acclaim, and I, I love his performance, in uh, the 2002 historical drama The Twilight Samurai. Uh, which is not this all-in-out you know, stoic samurai action. It's a very... Human, down, down to earth, underplayed, natural drama, and uh, he's more of a samurai that he really doesn't want to be part of that world. Um, he's more of a family man, and it uh, it's a very nice, uh, mellow movie based on that. It has some action, yes, but um, it's uh, it's a movie I have always wanted to revisit uh, because it uh, it left an impression on me. Do you remember watching any of uh, those uh, that, or the Tom Cruise joined the Rush Hour Three or whatever?
1: Yeah, I think I've seen. I think I've seen all of them. To be fair, and stuff, uh, *Twilight Samurai* being maybe the pick of the bunch. I have got a soft spot for the um, Tom Cruise one, um, but he's good in most things. Do you know what I mean? He, you know, and certainly impressive. You you can tell that he's a martial artist. He's um he's got that inspired. But yeah, it captured captured me *Ninja* in the Dragon's then another one of my um uh, favourites um, from back in the day that um inspired me, and and I thought obviously conan lee was going to go on to be bigger and better than than he was but um yeah another uh, another good film
0: Uh, the main thing i remember right now uh, other than i i really like the movie and it's impressive but it's one of those movies that it has one of the longest hong kong trailers i've ever seen it's not three minutes it's not four minutes it's six minutes (laughs) come on (laughs) Yeah, God damn it! (laughs) The preview sections at Hong Kong cinema screens back in the day—if they like slapped three or four trailers before the movie—that must have been long, like half an hour of stuff. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, and and this one is pretty long too for Royal Warriors. Uh, Henry Sonata has been on American TV too. Uh, as he was, as he joined the cast of uh, Lost for its 6th and final season. Uh, I never watched the show but I know it had uh, Korean talent. Uh, one of the stars of Shiri actually uh, did a couple of seasons. Uh, the, the female star the, the North Korean assassin of uh, Shiri. She was apparently on Lost for a couple of seasons. Uh, and at the time of recording uh, Henry or Hiroyuki is slated to appear as Scorpion in the Mortal Kombat film reboot due to be released in 2021. Uh, but who knows I wrote this a couple of months ago maybe this project has gone uh, tits up by now because it seems like you know whenever they announce like we're going to remake Enter the Dragon a couple of months later we're not going to remake Enter the Dragon oh we're going to set it in modern times it's going to be a woman it's not going to have martial arts and it's now a comedy you know projects just evolve or devolve pretty quickly so do, do you know anything personally uh, or if you have an interest in a Mortal in, in a mortal combat reboot
1: no i do i uh, to a certain extent if he is looks great and stuff i'd be surprised but i was like wow even i'm shocked about that but I, I look forward to it i like the uh the earlier ones and stuff i didn't really um engage with the with the later ones but um obviously i was a fan of the uh fan of the game so um yeah when the uh, movie come out with something i need to watch so i'm i'm interested to see what the uh the reboot will be like let's say that
0: didn't they do a tv series of sorts or like a test episode for youtube because i remember people really got on with uh, oh my god mortal kombat can look like this but maybe it was just a sort of test thing or short movie thing yeah? So I do remember, like, uh, oh, this isn't like the Mortal Kombat in the 90s. like, they, they, this seems to correspond to the feeling, uh, and uh, therefore the bloodshed of the game. But um, it's uh, one of those things I didn't follow up on. Uh, but uh, play, playing Scorpion, I, I'm wondering. I mean, he's uh, he's getting on in age now, so I'm wondering if uh, you know Scorpion is one of the fighters I understand. So yeah,
1: he is. Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. That's why we shot was like, okay, well, he's going to play that because he, he's getting on a bit. But maybe they're playing an older version
0: she's famous like henry sonata as luke cage nope that doesn't work yeah. that doesn't make sense either. So, uh cool 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 well we're at the movie review stage and i'm gonna hand it over to phil for a brief opinion first of all of royal warriors so what did you think of uh, this uh, yo sonata wong collaboration
1: <laughs> from my personal point of view as a film and as an action film, it just rates really high. There's plenty of action in there. It's a great film. There's enough fights in there to keep everybody occupied and everybody happy, and we can we can come to that. And from, from a Henry and Michelle point of view, things are going swimmingly well. It's just when you get to Michael, God bless him. It's not one of Michael's better outings, let's just say that. Film, really enjoyed. Michael, hmm. Maybe not so much. Okay, let's uh,
0: get it on here. I'm going to crack my fingers because now, now it's on here. Now it's on. Let's get it over on. The mm-hmm. line, so. okay. I think this is terrific. Uh, it delivers fairly as an action picture and uh, we rarely have to wait long stretches to get it, which was kind of the problem I had with Legacy of Rage. It structured itself as it, it built up towards action, but this just delivers it kind of constantly. Uh, Plus, the action team has plenty of varied ideas to keep us busy. It's not just uh, samey fights. uh, And uh, and the main focus is brutality, which I really like. Yes, the in-between drama stuff and Michael's endless attempts at uh, romancing (laughs) Michelle hardly ranks as highlights. And the finale gets a little bit ludicrous, actually. But nevertheless, uh, this movie has ideas and it knows how to deliver them with a brutal, snappy touch. And that makes it a classic. Despite Michael's romancing of Michelle in the movie doesn't rank as a highlight i'm weak for the performance because it's just a ludicrous character he plays the insistence that he that, that the writing dictates that he's uh, always trying to get to get to her and uh, close to her and it's it's it makes me smile even though it's not necessarily <laughs> critically good mm. It's actually quite lovely because um, he's uh, he's uh, put into this character shell of someone who doesn't take no for an answer. And uh, that's kind of wonderful uh, in in the case of this movie. Anyway, Uh movie opens up in... Uh, I think they're shot in Japan. It looks like they're on location in Japan and Michelle is in carefree uh, mode. She's uh, photographing a, a street festival and it's very documentary in style. So they probably got some budget to go to Japan by d and uh, then the movie starts to sort of uh, make its statement that, yes, it's modern, but it's just not going to be uh, gunplay, and we're going to have fight fighting, but not just implements from 1986 society, so we're going to have bamboo sticks here, we're going to have little swords, as Michelle Yeoh fights off the uh, Japanese assassins, and... I quite enjoyed this first statement that uh, we're going to mix it up here, but not sort of straying from and into like period territory or anything. So I I really enjoyed that first sort of sight of, uh, okay, they got ideas. And uh, she's light as a feather as she moves, whether she was doubled or not. And she she can avoid... uh, uh, you know assailants uh by going uh you know acrobatically going vertical and all of that and it looks good it's shot with a clarity and, and a compelling pace and uh, it's just the first of many highlights of the action directing and uh, it's going to continue in my eyes in a way to be varied not the, the action scenes don't go on repeat we don't get a ton of bamboo and sword fights it no. uh, seems to vary it up, and uh, by the end, we get uh, different implements, as we might talk of. So what's your thought on that? Uh, is it fun that it's so varied, that each action scene seems to be its own thing?
1: Yeah, yeah. that It brings something, you know, as, a, as an action fan, that's what you want to see. As an action film, it, it, everybody should watch it because it's so varied with what they've done. Like you say, it isn't the same run, gun, drop your guns, you know, have a fight and stuff. It's varied in what they do in the places and we'll, we'll go through those. So, yeah, um, I enjoyed it very much that they'd, you know, tried to do something different. And they set it up really well, as you say, from the start and stuff. They set it up, guy on the run, Michelle gets in the way, starts. And it, and it just carries on from there. The action's, you know, there for a reason and it propels the story as well. But it comes thick and fast, which is um, which is always great to see.
0: It's also, um, actually, we, we talked of, of Legacy of Rage, that that was action-directed by Mang Hoi, and this is also action-directed by Mang Hoi. and this is. this is leaps, leaps away from Legacy of Rage, but yeah, maybe yeah. because the structure was, well, you're going to do a lot more. In Legacy of Rage, we're going to build up towards uh, some fights and and a lot of gunplay by VM, And I, I think this really represented a challenge because there's a lot of work to be done here. Yeah, there is. Um, yeah. but, but it's not a movie that... Um, I mean, depending on what you think of the Michael Wong scenes, of course, but it's not a movie that completely stalls and goes off the rails with comedy in between the action stuff or anything, because David Chung, as a director, he works the series and he builds tension in the airplane when uh, uh, Michael Chan and... Uh, his uh, cohort uh, hijacked the plane. There's certainly... And I mean, th- this could turn off potential viewers just wanting a fun action movie, but th- this one certainly doesn't skimp on the brutality and uh, the point-blank murders that go on here. Or, you know, Paul Chun is in this movie for 10 seconds and then gets shot in the face. Yeah. Uh, he's one of the cops <laughs> okay. that uh, is on the plane with uh, Michael Chan's character. And... I don't know if you thought it was too much of a brutal movie, or too much of a callous movie or not, or did, could this coexist with the action aspect, the brutality? Absolutely.
1: That's why that's why I loved it. That's why I craved the heroic Bloodshed kind of genre as well. It just, you know, feeds into that. It's great. And like I say, it's it's it's, it's quality actors throughout the movie, you know. Um Dennis Chan is also in there and he gets shot in the uh, shot in the eye as well. So well, nobody um comes out from that plane.
0: It's just like everybody wanted to be killed in this movie yeah, exactly. in like, 1986. This sounds like fun, kill them, me, kill me. <laughs> like Troy Hawk turned up on a set, like, Can I be killed? Absolutely. No, yeah. Go get into a plane.
1: <laughs> you know, like I say, Marco Chanze, you know, you're gonna get quality scenes when you got quality actors and, you know, veterans anyway, um, of the genre that can deliver so when you're facing off against those. it, it delivers that and the brutality just adds to it because it gives them the motivation. It's not just, you know. Oh, you stepped on my toe. Let's have a fight. There's there's a reason behind it in a story, which makes it such a, you know, a great movie going forward because the action scenes are there to help that. Uh, Michael Wong, like I say, just, you know, we're going to be on the different ends of the spectrum here because obviously when he's kind of introduced on that plane as the uh, as security and stuff, I just put one word down and it was just one word. Creepy. Creepy. It's
0: just creepy. <laughs> but I, you know, that's it. Not that I encourage this behavior, but um, I'm weak yeah, for the performance. Just, that's right.
1: It comes across as creepy. Maybe it's like new fresh eyes. Maybe like back in there, I didn't really care. But hey, it, we're reviewing Michael Wong. So, you know, in this case, yeah, it just come across as a little bit creepy for me. But that fight scene on the plane and stuff, probably one of my favorite throughout the movie and stuff. Um, They've obviously made the uh, stage um much bigger because I was going to say, if there's that much room, even on first class planes, I'd be uh, a surprise. They all seem to be uh, wider, i know it's bizarre but i'm just thinking of the moves they pull off um to do that fight scene it's uh, it's very good they've obviously widened it somewhat so they can do that and it's it's a great action set piece i you know i applaud them it's very very good
0: i mean it's probably inevitable that uh, because manghoi was in and around the sam or camp i think uh, the, i mean mm. yeah, well regardless i i got this um uh, feel that the, the, you know there's some uh, Samo flavors to uh, mm. the snap and the uh, power and the brutal- brutality of things even in simple things like Michelle Yo kicking this uh, uh, trolley with all the drinks and food that yeah. the uh, uh, roll 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 out even when that is pushed into a villain that then gets yanked off screen because of the impact, that stuff looks really good, and I'm not saying Manghoi is emulating Samo here, but there there, there is a uh, feel of the powerful that I've recognized from Samo's movies. But I, I never get tired of it, so that's okay. And, no, exactly. Uh, the, the only thing is like you, you, you that you have to go with, I suppose, is that if you put a bad guy's head through. The window of a plane. I don't think that stabilizes cabin pressure necessarily. Yeah.
1: No, I did wonder that. I was like, "Well, okay, but you know, you're just going to go with the flow." Fair enough. It's a great effect. though. It's a great effect, it? it is it is good. That's why it's one of my favorite scenes in the movie. Yeah. One because it's a cracking fight, and you know, Henry just comes off as powerful. I mean, it's just great. Um, Michelle, obviously. Looks great, and they make it look really good in the scene, anyway. But the, the brutality of it as well, you know, and obviously finishing with the the guy's head out the plane was just uh, the icing on the cake, really. I love, I love that. I
0: mean, I mean, I did smile. I wasn't taken out of the seriousness of the situation, but uh, but but I was kind of like, okay, that that. In movies, that works. Okay, gotcha. Um, and you're right, uh, Henry. You know, he responds to the Hong Kong uh, choreography. Like even, mm. I mean, it, it sounds silly to say, even convincingly jumps away from the explosion that does occur in the cabin. I think that looks good. It's, yeah. it's classic action stuff. You know, slow motion jump away from the from the explosion. Explosion. But he it looks good on him, and uh, he he never misses a beat it does. Uh, yeah. throughout the movie. They also establish. Uh, These uh, villainous hard men. And I really love the casting of. uh, Even though we only get. Chan Wai Man for a brief period. But uh, one of the. Swarm brothers is uh, Lam Wai. I never know. uh, never knew or found out. If he he was a martial artist or not. But he was always good for. These uh, more brutal. Gritty action movies. Involving gunplay and shotguns. And what have you. It's a very good presence for. That kind of sort of vicious evil power, mm-hmm. and uh, whether he played bad guys or even heroes, he really corresponded to that. A very, very present actor and very cool looking actor uh, Lamway. and the third one out of the group, I kind of don't want to spoil it because it's a surprise that you get a um, that you get additional villains in this movie. So I'm going to leave that um, surprise um, for your viewers to find find out. But um, Lamway I don't think graced that many, you know of the Jackie Chan sort of Samo Hung action movies, but I think he's in uh, Project A2. I think uh, Lam Wai is in that, but it's not akin to this role. It's not one of the shotgun wielding roles, obviously, that uh, Lam Wai got, in my eyes, known for, but they were sort of smaller movies no- normally, uh, whether from Taiwan or Hong Kong, but uh, he was, um, you know, he, he uh, w- uh, with a shotgun in his hand, uh, you, shit was on when Lam Wai was involved. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it was...
0: All right, let, let's uh, talk Michael. Then, when I get off the plane, everything's great. Uh, media attention is great. And uh, he's uh, he's uh, doing the right thing, I suppose, by giving Michelle flowers after the the harrowing experience, and uh, and then the wooing starts, I suppose. And uh, he's getting the direction of, and the writing is that insistence is key. So he follows her around, Michelle. That is like she's given off a scent, and he's one of those, he just follows her up to her door and like, can I come in? And uh, he's, 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 she's like a magnet. And of course, she's beautiful, but it's obviously creepy. And Michael has this cheery disposition <laughs> that is, I, I can't dislike the performance despite the creepiness of it because he's, he he <laughs> corresponds to it. <laughs> he corresponds to it. Like you, you, you're going to play a creep that insists and uh, not a very good security officer. He has no sort of, instincts, policeman instincts, or uh, he his focus is her, and he runs his mouth constantly, and he's a child. Yes, but, totally. and, and, and I'm not being funny when I say that Michael clinches that performance because I think he does. This is what's given to him, and he does it. <laughs> he comes off as a creep, Phil. You thought he was a creep. That was the role. Michael corresponded. Wrong. You've,
1: you've got to relate to it. There's not, nothing wrong not about right. that. You've got to you got to buy into the idea and stuff. And I, I just don't. I didn't buy into his character. I didn't buy into it enough to even go. Yeah, it's creepy. But I, I didn't. I didn't buy into it enough. It was too. It was too much. It was yeah. It, the way it was done. It was too much for me. I couldn't. Yeah, I just couldn't buy into his character that he was portraying.
0: It's just priceless lack of awareness, really, which I love. Yeah,
1: <laughs> lecture
0: you just like yeah it was just yeah
1: i i, I get i get it and I, and I and i get the the kind of charm that you could see in it
0: well it's not really charming i just think he he uh, no. nailed, he kind of nails it actually yeah yeah <laughs> but
1: you know it's just he just he just didn't it didn't work for me and maybe this is the reason maybe because the action is that good and the, it's, it's quite frequent you just want to get to the next action scene because it it, it it is good and it was just a diversion i didn't want I didn't want to see that. I didn't need it. I just wanted to get on to the next bit.
0: I was waiting for the scene where Michael talked to his uh, impossibly large goldfish, and uh, the, the, that was a firm memory from, uh, from from viewing the movie back in the day. Uh, but but I I can I can understand that absolutely thoroughly because they aren't the strongest scenes, there versus the versus action scenes at all. But but I do love the restaurant scene with uh, Michelle and uh, Henry Sonata and his wife. M- Michael just can't read situations. He keeps up his jolly self uh, despite. Uh, clearly talking to Henry Sonata's and he would be able to see that Henry Sonata's wife is not comfortable in this situation. He just keeps on trying to communicate by acting like a bird and whatever because he can't speak Japanese. Mm. And, and Michelle yo does the thing that friends do, like kick him on the chin or something, like, uh, let's go outside and to divert from the situation. And <laughs> when they come back, Michael has this dialogue about, I don't know why she dragged me outside. It's really cold outside. Hey, guys. <laughs> he, he doesn't get it. Just priceless lack of awareness.
1: They're mildly amusing scenes, but what I want to get back is to the protagonist in the and the, the whole bit of, and we will find out, you know, they've been in Vietnam together or in the war together and stuff. And, you know, it's, it's a hard film, and it's great. This was just... Yeah, it was just, I, I didn't want to see it. let get back to the good stuff.
0: I agree, I agree. It's, uh, but, but I didn't mind it at all because it, it made me smile. But, but you're right, well, when it does snap back, uh, it also shows its uh, teeth and that mm-hmm. it's not precious about uh, family or kids.
1: No, exactly. I, what, can we, without any potts, uh,
0: plot spoilers, really? Well, well, it's not even me. It's not even a, a mid movie, so even if you spoil it, it's okay.
1: Yeah, yeah. That that kid is damn cute. They they pick the right. I mean, that child is one of the cutest kids I've ever seen on screen. I have to say, if you're going to blow a child to bits, that would be the one to blow to bits. It's great. <laughs> Was that a spoiler? I don't know.
0: Again, it's not even mid uh, movies. <laughs> it's it's a, it's fuel for the drama. That it is leads it's motivation.
1: Through. Are you going to get the motivation then? Are you not? But um, yeah, that that's great. I mean, just waving goodbye. I mean
0: it's brilliant it's a pretty impressive looking car explosion they, yeah, they, it they is. shoot it in slow motion and it looks pretty damn great because de- then you get to see the car and it's two different components literally slowly go boom and it looks absolutely fantastic and another crew person that was on Legacy of Rage was on this movie as well because it leads into a car chase that was supervised by Blackie Co.
1: ah Blackie Co did the car chase I see they're all cropping up it's good see um, and yeah, and it's a decent, again, it's a decent car chase, motivates the film uh, again. And obviously David Lambs and stuff, which, uh, you know, they're chasing him down. But it's, uh, yeah, it's a good, it's a good scene. You're back on it, you're back into the action and stuff. You're feeling the motivation with, you know, cute child blown to bits. And it's a great chase scene as well, you know, so.
0: It really it's great because uh, the the various flips uh, of the cars, they, they, they seem more random and unplanned rather than these uh, gracious-looking uh, car stunts. And uh, he, he does a very wise thing here, uh, David Chung, in collaboration with Black Echo. They have slow-motion jumps, but then cuts to full 24 frames view of just how fast these cars are going as they no. are leaping through the air. It looks dangerous as heck. Like, you don't want to be anywhere near that and in true hong kong cinema fashion they kind of put Stuntman nearby anyway yeah. uh, and, and it looks absolutely great and one of the another neat ideas the movies has like uh, and it and sort of clinches i never it never really fails at whatever action concept it puts forth here, and that's what makes it really exciting uh, i mean i mean after the car, car scene we get, uh, you know, a bit of fighting at a construction yard and then later a bit of this uh, in that place and in that place. And that's the theme of the movie Feel that even if it does only little bursts of things in the, in various locations, it really is cool. And uh, Mang Hoi and his team, they're really brewing with ideas here, don't you think?
1: Oh, exactly. That's what I mean. You know, you go from a car chase t- to, you know, a little scuffle in the alley to... Yeah, yeah, a building site with pickaxes, and you know, and it, it's great. It's it's just the diversity of it. It isn't just oh, you know, they're still in the street. You know, they've they brought something different to it. You know, and there's a nice little scene within, obviously, getting uh, Henry almost getting um, covered in. Um, sand and, and this construction site and stuff. And there's a, you know... it seemed
0: awfully uh, real. It seemed like they dumped a lot of sand on Henry Svoboda. a lot of
1: sand, though. He's, yeah, another... Welcome to Hong Kong. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's good. It's entertaining. It's like, it keeps you gripped, you know. So, um, yeah, it's really well, well made.
0: It kind of makes it hard to even single out the highlight because I think uh, each and every action scene really brings... Something different to to it, and um I mean, but probably the longest set piece is the uh, is the club shootout in uh, the Hollywood club, and uh, it's mission. The movie is to have relentless Villains uh, and a club massacre because it's not just fighting; it's a, it's a massacre. It uh, it's, a, it's a nice gut punch. I mean, it's the, the gunplay isn't uh, influenced by by anyone in particular, but its direction is sort of loud, raw, and intense. And there's no real style put forth here other than, you know, Michelle leaping out of the way of maybe doing some acrobatic moves, getting out of the way. But uh, mm-hmm. the, the sort of continual innocence that dies in this sequence, is, is it makes it a scary scene because you, you're also kind of a reminder of real-life incidents uh, globally of uh, random uh, acts of maniacs yeah, yeah. in club settings or what have you. But uh, that's obviously post this movie what do you think in general about the club sequence because it involves it really packs into packs a variety in it as well that is both, both physical but also focuses on the gunplay so yeah exactly
1: it's got a bit of well it's got everything you want from an action scene hasn't it you start with guns blazing and and then you get to just just, just brutality, just fight, you know. And they just want to, you know, bottles are being smashed, are being stabbed. Yes. There's, you know, some martial arts action. There's, you know, glass, there's head smashed in glass. There's, there's everything you want from a fight scene, you know, up to the point, you know, where you think, you know, maybe Henry's at He's, he, you know, the hero's going to get it and stuff. There's ups and downs in the fight scene and what you want. And, you know, uh, stunts galore. And it's, it's a great set of piece. It's like, in HFA, it's one of those, isn't it? If you're going to pick up and that you wanted a, a scene, even at a climax, a climax, and this isn't the climax of the movie and stuff. This is just a scene in the middle um, of the film. You, you'd look at this. It's got everything you need for a great set action
0: piece. I mean, there are memorable acrobatic things here. Like, it, it's done in cuts, but it's impressive anyway. When Michelle Yo takes down Lam Wai by doing that sort of spinning kick and then locking yeah. her legs around his head and then flipping and what i presume is the stuntman into the wall and there's tiles that uh, are loosened off the wall that that just that just looks great and i mean i mentioned the the samu influence but i can't remember many samu movies that it, it, where, that he was in charge of uh, or doing the action for that packed so much variety in one and did it as well so you, you you gotta sort of switch it there that mang hoy is certainly his own action director and his team pulled off something wonderful here with the with the variety of uh like there's no there's no sort of balletic stuff here and there's not modern fighting only but obviously it mixes it up with gunplay and nothing feels really awkward at all actually they, they really feel ready to deliver in all action aspects which is terrific to see actually
1: and he's great and they use every bit of scenery they've got you know there's a fish tank there and the glass and the bottles and you know michelle getting flung around or, or whoever the stunt person is i guess but yeah he's great he's just got a bit of everything um it's just a very 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 well coordinated scene and stuff
0: do, do you buy the uh presence of um, of the villains of being these loyal hard man
1: i love that I, I i love the fact that there's you know there's a there's a turn up for the books because actually that club scene could well be the the end of the film or, or maybe should be um but actually in fact there's more because they've got this uh, a group of them and they're sworn blood brothers and stuff and and you know why are we saying and people always say this is, this is me i don't say this people would say this you know a, a good film needs to have a good villain you need to have somebody you know Maybe that's what let the James Bond films down. Anyway, I digress. But you need a good villain. That's what makes a a good action film to have that good villain and, you know, pit against them and stuff. So when you've got villains and how they're conceptually put together, even better, because you've got more than one to take down. And that's what you want to see the good guys come out on top and stuff. So, yeah, I love the fact that you've got this kind of sworn blood brothers that will, you know, die for each other, literally.
0: And, and and therefore you don't mind that Michael Chan gets off early in the movie because yeah. then the baton, uh, you know, switches to Lam Wai and then exactly. it's passed on to another person, which we want to reveal that, like, you know, towards the tail end of the club scene that, oh, there's another...
1: <laughs> oh, oh god it's again
0: and it also easily survives the cop movie cliches So uh, you know you're off the case you're too involved you're suspended hand in your badge and no i'll hand in my badge it survives those cliches easily yeah. so, so david chung is making this a very effective uh, cliched movie and uh and in the middle of the movie i guess the, the uh what towards the uh, last 30 minutes uh for finally michael wong uh gets the hears the words that i i believe all audiences except me have been waiting for when michelle Yeoh finally calls him on his bullshit <laughs> like, like uh-huh. when he when he brings the 10th bouquet of flowers and he just said you're, you're childish you're not paying attention to the harrowing <laughs> events around you and he's not but I, exactly i mean it's the character it just makes me so oh my god he's so useless he's he doesn't <laughs> What kind of glasses is he wearing as he perceives life well it's it's his own I suppose it's
1: rose tinted they are they're definitely rose tinted
0: I mean he just smells sort of flowers I gotta buy flowers that uh, no, no.
1: was that was probably my uh, my second favorite um Michael Wong scene, obviously you'll probably know what my other one was, but that that was falling that was definitely falling but yeah, it was definitely uh, when he was told, yes, yes, tell him he's annoying. Um, so I'm very important to the character at that point because he's been told, yes, yeah, good, tell him. And,
0: and because, you know, in all honesty, the the connection to Michael, and I'm, I'm not going to spoil this despite the trailer spoiling it, uh, but <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to spoil it. The connection yeah. Michelle has to Michael, uh, that gets a uh, sort of a perceived dramatic edge. That doesn't work because he's not likable. And the fact that she uh, feels... Uh, you know that she has to uh, stick up to him and rescue him or whatever isn't the best dramatic material out of the movie as such I mean I, I saw it like well that happened okay next action scene Did, despite it being tra- tragedy towards the latter half of the movie admittedly I didn't care for, for that uh, connection and I, I was looking forward to how, how violent this can be and how relentless these villains can be and, yeah. and, and that was effective in itself but uh, the, to put Michael at the forefront of this uh, brutal drama doesn't work as as well, but uh, I can't say that made the performance tank or anything. And I'm, I'm I'm probably being too forgiving for my own good, but I do like the insist- the insistence is key. That's the direction and it corresponds, and th- that's what I'm sticking with you wonder though Phil without us spoiling it what were they thinking when they cut the trailer with full spoilers for the the end the ending fate of one main character but
1: hey if you watch the film right Michelle Yeoh says right call an ambulance there's hope there is hope <laughs> you think really calling no, it that's not, not. <laughs> It says it's a lie. You never know. Uh, I don't know. But no, I, you know, I don't know what they were thinking. I don't know why you would do that. It's just.
0: No, I'm fine. Just got the wind knocked out of me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh no. I'm right. Don't worry it. Um. Yeah.
1: It's uh, it, it, It's bizarre. Um. But uh, it, it's great. It motivates. You know. It motivates. And there's a nice. It strikes a nice chord. There's some emotional tug them and stuff. You know. She gets more flowers.
0: Even when she doesn't uh, logically. Uh... Uh, when she logically can't get any more flowers, she does get more flowers. Yeah. Uh, so so yeah <laughs> but uh, as I said, uh, as good as the ending scene is because it also contains variety. I, I, I think one thing that might take viewers out of it out of this is and this is a mild spoiler the, the armored tank thing. oh awesome. it's it's great and it's uh, it's unexpected. But it's also, even for this movie with all its variety, it's the one action aspect that I thought was out of place. But the thing is, it's not the centerpiece of the ending. That's the great thing. It's, uh, it's part of the ending that then spurs on chainsaw fighting and fist-to-fist fighting and more stuff. So it's not like this is the only idea we had for the ending. And it's gonna involve, uh, it's gonna be 100% of the finale. It isn't, but I like it, but it's sort of, okay, really? Okay, move. It's
1: a little bit of a hokey tank. You think "Mm, those explosions would probably rip the the tires and wheels off that thing and stuff because it looks like it's just you know
0: it looks like it's made of paper really it's yeah not like
1: yeah it pa- paper tank but i like the idea with stuff i didn't take i didn't i just got just get out of the tank and fight myself just get out of the tank and fight that's what we want give the people what they want get out of the tank so um yeah it, it doesn't it doesn't spoil it but i know what you mean it was a little bit hokey it, a little bit-
0: it could have been dangerous to have this much content on display but somehow David Chung and again working with Manghoi, Hoi, the action director they really pull off a magic trick here by piling on the ideas Uh, you know, as you said, the club scene seems like, oh my god, how can they better this and this seems like a climax and then they pile on this one-on-one sort of fury between Michelle Yeoh and a character it moves smoothly from idea to idea and each idea is sort of wonderful and it becomes about killing and uh, 20-30 seconds of new tools to fight with and then move on to something else. And I I find that really irresistible and that's why the finale rebounds nicely because it has those ideas uh, after the the tank is sort of immobilized and all of that. So The finale
1: is great. I still probably enjoy the club scene, probably better, but it's still a great... Seeing the finale, you needed something, and he's got all the explosions and the bangs, and you got the fights, which you want to see Michelle, you know, letting rip and stuff, um, and her anger on show and stuff, and he and he fits the the movie really well. And like I say, he could have gone overboard with the tank, but you know what? They get away with it, and um, and, and it's great. It's just it's like I say, it's such a great action movie. Um, the climax doesn't let it down. Yeah, you won't be disappointed.
0: I mean, that's the danger day. They put themselves in like how do we top this after yeah, exactly. executing a club scene and and they re- and they really do a good job. It's just uh, that uh, you know if the club scene was 100 percent satisfactory, mm. this is a little bit less than that. But obviously yeah. it's uh, they go at it with uh, with the fury and the uh, in the and the intent in the engagement uh, like all the other se- action scenes in the movie. It's, uh, you don't find many consistent uh, modern actions movies in the. 80s at all times, you know what I mean? And not many as packed as this. I mean, we so sometimes we had to wait quite a bit. Yeah, uh, right. You know, even a movie like A Better Tomorrow, after a 30-40 minute mark, then it happens. And it's not a terrible wait, but uh, it's not wall to wall. And this one decides that we're going to be wall to wall. And uh, thankfully, it doesn't come off as too anxious and too s- stacked and too stuffed.
1: No, no, I think you've got like six, I think I counted six scenes throughout the movie. Um, there's a good uh, couple of couple at the beginning, there's a little pause, you obviously build it up and then they, they ramp up. So, and, and it doesn't feel overdone either. There's, there's a reason behind all of those scenes and that's why the movie works in its entirety rather than just as action scenes, um, the film itself works. And that's, that's um, kudos to the leads.
0: Even Michael Wong, right, 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 right. Sans Sans Michael can Sans Michael <laughs> <laughs> Well agree to disagree for the child in this film I was even uh, on the sort of uh, I put in a wrong for Legacy I say rage he didn't quite get to me his performance so so, yeah. uh, uh, so we we've, uh, we've already uh, we've already um, uh, had our disagreements uh, so so to say but I'm I'm full wrong for this one
1: Yeah and I'm I'm full wrong for this one So and that's all right
0: uh, Alrighty, uh, any other notes? Yeah, a
1: couple of things um, uh, we need to point out. I think I'm um, not mistaken that David Lamb was actually in Yes Madam as well.
0: Yeah, that's his uh, English name. Uh, I, I usually uh, refer to him as Lam White, but uh, you're right. Yeah, uh, Lam David Lamb yeah, is his English that, name.
1: Like, just, yeah. I mix and match. Sorry, folks. <laughs> it's just the way I am. Um, also, uh, there's, a, there's a nice little scene, and it's a quick fight scene with uh, Eddie Mayer um, on a boat and stuff when... Um, Henry's off to to get, and, and that's quite good. Only quite, quite good. It's very short and sweet, but um, my god, he's got the biggest spanner in the world ever. I'm just going <laughs> to leave that there for you to so have a look at. It's, just, it's a big bolt when need big tools, and it's a massive spanner. My god, where did he get that massive spanner from? I uh, just like to point that out also one other tidbit, and I um uh, I wanted to mention on the Fortune Star release there is a new uh, edited trailer uh, without said
0: scene okay well then they normally didn't edit good new trailers but maybe in this case to to eliminate the spoilers then. yeah i don't know
1: what or where but it was just a yeah new edited trailer it was like okay interesting but yeah that's on the um special features so um
0: You know, sometimes they even got the mood of the movies wrong in the newly edited trailers. Uh, um, uh, The movie Rouge with Anita Moy and Leslie Cheung. It's a very mild movie, very atmospheric movie. Yes, she comes back as a ghost in modern day. But the trailer made it very, she comes back as a ghost in modern day. It's very hard now. (laughs) Spooky. And like, no, you didn't get the movie at all, you stupid idiots. But that's Fortune Star for you. So. It
1: And maybe they saw the ways and they put that new edited trailer, which just is just wall-to-wall action. It's literally wall-to-wall action and, and that's it. But um, it would does not have any plot spoilers. So there you go.
0: That's marketing in Hong Kong, but sometimes in the UK, they weren't any better when uh, when trying to sell the movie to a new audience. I remember it's either in the trailer or you have a DVD menus for the UK DVD of She Shoots Street. And they put a uh, sort of techno rap song on there with uh, the the lyrics going like this shit is gangster. Like i we still doing this thing of connect- <laughs> connecting those these things. I guess we are, but 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 it's not in the movie. So thankfully, once you get past the trailer and the menu, the movie is she shoots straight. It's Joyce Cadenza kicking butt, and it's awesome. So.
1: Good stuff. Yeah, I've got the uh, Hong Kong Legends. I picked it up. A few years back, it was another one of those rare ones that that knock around and stuff. And I picked up, and i have not actually watched it. I know it's so college, Um but I've got it there and stuff. So uh, that might uh, coax me into doing. Yeah,
0: it. I think it was in the DVD menu. It's like, like this shit is gangster, really. <laughs> yeah,
1: it almost it sounded like it was
0: this. a specially commissioned song for the DVD menu or something. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, so oh boy uh, at least they didn't retitle it to something generic I think they kept it to she shoots straight uh, as for availability of uh, Royal Warriors it had a uh, remastered DVD from the Fortune Star archives that's now on Blu-ray in Hong Kong uh, the DVD had an original mono option but that was reportedly a down mix from the poor surround sound remix that's also on the disc so the blu-rays normally contains uh, remix only options only so personally i would recommend the german dvd from eyecatcher that features mono options in cantonese english i.e the old english dub and it is subtitled in english as well and it's available at a reasonable price so uh, uh, you probably need to look it up under the title, if you go to Amazon's German site, you probably need to look it up under the title, Ultra Force Hong Kong Cop. But uh, Royal Warriors just might work if they have connected the titles in the search engine uh, sort of algorithm. But uh, I I do recommend that because it's the same remastered transfer but uh, with with better audio. So, and it's got a bunch of trailers as well. So uh, for tons of other movies, like original trailers or a nice trailer show is always nice on on these DVDs too. That's it. We haven't decided the next two movies in the coverage, uh, but uh, we're probably gonna try and head into the '90s to some degree soon. Whether we. Uh uh, talk uh the uh the first or final option movie or beast cops uh, or case of the cold fish but uh, we'll certainly get back to you and uh, we are it's uh, it's all it's all tied like uh, i have a one wrong wong and one wrong and i think phil has one wong for legacy of rage and uh, one wrong for uh, war- royal warriors so uh if I remember our prior discussion uh, uh, correctly. but um, uh, So, as for uh, the show, it's now uh, finished, so you can go home. But uh, for all your Podcast on Fire network needs, you presumably are home or on your way home, you're listening to us with your ears. But uh, at any rate, uh, for all your Podcast on Fire network needs, go to podcastonfire.com. You'll find all the relevant show links in the show post and social media links there as well, but they are permanently uh, displayed on the site too. So uh, leave us uh, some, some feedback for the episode and the, and the coverage. I uh, hope you like it. That's it. So I'm going to throw over to Phil for his uh, for his plugs of his uh, interview, review, and uh, sort of documentary site because it goes out and video, videotapes uh, encounters with stars and things like that.
1: Also books and um, while we're plugging stuff, I, I've just got to say, while we're plugging stuff, so I picked up um, a book by um, Sam Furstenberg who directed some of my favorite films. Um, American Ninja, Avenging Force, American Ninja 2, uh, American Samurai, I think even... Didn't he do Electric Boogaloo 2? Right, so I picked up this book that I found out he was doing, which is great, because it's called Stories from the Trenches. It is 750 pages
0: long. Oh, that's a lot of stories from the trenches.
1: In A4, it's huge. The book okay. is ginormous. <laughs> it's in A4. It's huge. I found his site and stuff, and I said, where do you do it in the UK? And said, you can. I ordered it. And it's ginormous, so... I think it will probably take me. And I said, oh, I'm going to review it for Eastern Film Fan site. So, you know, it will be on my site because it's really cool. It's pretty cool. But my God.
0: Is it like a tell all uh, sort of vind- vindictive book? Or is it uh, good hearted despite being honest and things like that?
1: Yeah, I think there's, you know, the, the photos, articles, newspaper clippings, posters, you know, uh, Michael Dudikoff, Steve James all over it and stuff. It, it's great. It looks fantastic. But my God, he said, it's a hell of a book, but, um, it looks like, yeah, it's going to be a hell of a read. So, um, I'm going to do that. So there are book reviews on my site as well. Um, so I pick up occasionally. Um, so uh, along with the podcasts and interviews, um, exciting, um, stuff yet to come. Um, some more festivals, obviously with the world, um, at the moment. And, um, You know, everybody's got some kind of flu or virus going around. Um, Things are probably taking a little bit longer to uh, start and stuff. But, yeah, we'll be there. Eastern Film Fans will be there. And uh, you guys stay safe out there. And um, you can keep listening to the podcast, which is always good. So, yeah.
0: And for all the final uh, web uh, URL uh, uh, plug, so people know where to find your site with the book reviews. Yeah, opinions. and they
1: can obviously find us at www.easternfilmfans.co.uk. Also available on Facebook, Twitter,
0: and Instagram. And possibly look for a TikTok involving Airways <laughs> of Love
1: <laughs> and a TikTok. Oh, there's a YouTube channel out there as well as stuff. I got some interviews with somebody called Scott Adkins. I don't know. There's somebody there, Boss Boy. Like, there's a few people on there that you know. it's...
0: Yeah, Scott has been in a movie or two. Yeah,
1: couple, couple. So uh, you might want to hunt it down, have a look. So um, maybe
0: two this week.
1: (laughs) Yeah, this week.
0: (laughs) God bless him for his working habit and his um, his uh, structure and routine and being able to stand up straight despite working so hard. Hard.
1: Man, he's just he's just he's a he's a beast, and I have. I have a lot of respect for those guys. You know, Mark Strange is out there, you know, he's just done it, man, form and stuff. Yes. Um, Lee Charles is working the circuits in there. Scott Atkins, all these guys, you know, Zara Pithian, they All these people that put the time in, they put time and effort. I see what they do and, you know, to get movies, and you know, onto the screen, fair play to them.
0: And that's it for this episode. Look forward to more Michael Wong episodes in the future. But uh, hope you enjoyed this discussion on royal warriors. And I've uh, been and with me was uh, good old Phil G. And uh, warm up, uh, warm up the pipes, and uh, go to TikTok right now, Phil.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I will do. Thank you very much, Ken.
0: <laughs> Your kids maybe have a, a TikTok account, so you can hijack that for a minute. Yeah, yeah.
1: I'll, 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 I'll check it out. Ken, see what I can do.
0: <laughs> okay. See you guys next time. And bye bye. Bye bye.